wants to do through us for his kingdom. And um, then we'll check a bit of the accounts and that. We will turn our Bibles quickly to the book of First um, Peter chapter 2 and in verse 9. First Peter 2, 9. It says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. When God said this word to encourage us, remind me of his word to us at the beginning of this year that we are running with. You know, in Isaiah 43, 19, he says, Behold, he will do a new thing. He says, Now it shall spring forth. That that new thing that is doing, it's in the now. It's not in the distant future to come. But now it shall spring forth. He says, Shall you not know it? He says, He will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And now he's talking to us again that we are chosen. And one thing we should remind us, we should think about it, when God is reminding us of something that he has told us is a way of him telling us that we have not taken our rightful place in his kingdom, our rightful place in society, our rightful place in this part of eternity. Perhaps God is probably telling us to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 5 and 7, which says that there is an evil that one has seen in this face of the earth. Verse 7 says, I have seen servants on horses while princes walk on the ground like servants. That we have not. Because it said we are chosen. I'm just staying on the early part of it. A chosen. We did not choose him. And if you look at the beginning and the latter, the reason why he chose us, make us a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, is to proclaim his praises. Not just a praise, his praises. That means every day we should be proclaiming the praises of God. People will see us and be seeing the praises of him. And it doesn't matter what field you are in. If you are a cleaner, honestly speaking, when you finish, people will sing the praises. I will say something in the headquarters. There's a lady that does the... Um, the cleaning, you know, call it sanitation. And that lady has been doing it for years. For years she's been doing it. Then one day, another lady came. After, call it, after seven years, eight years. The lady came not to clean, but came to bring her children for summer camp. Let's call it summer camp. But unfortunately that day, there was no summer camp. So she decided to take her children and herself to clean the bathroom, to clean the place. I'll tell you the truth. Till today, I've never seen that touch she did months ago. He's still speaking today. He's still speaking today. Why? Because she's proclaiming the praises. It doesn't matter where you are. That, that when you do as he has asked you to do, the work will speak even long after. 
Jesus came. He proclaimed his praises. And today, we are still talking about Jesus. Today, we are still reading the Bible talking about Apostle Paul. We are still talking about the disciples of old. Because what? They've left the legacy proclaiming his praises. And if you look at some of the messages that we've been listening to time and time again, it reminds us that if you go and read some of them, listen to some of them, God is telling us to be selfless. He's telling us our mindset must change from I, from me, from my career, for my well-being, for my and my and my. Because it's all about him to proclaim his praise. That when we set him ahead, then, and proclaim his praises, what does he say? He says, all these things that you think you are seeking for, I will give it to you. But because we don't understand, and all we understand is, um, is based on what we see. We walk by sight. We walk by the economics of the world, not about what he says, his word. And one thing that he encourages us as well, if you look at, let me use a case study of Abraham. If you read Genesis, um, Genesis um, chapter 15. After he had called Abraham, some of us, God has called us. All of us, God has called. And somehow we forbid. Abraham even left the land. He said, go. But Abraham did not catch it, what God was saying. And when God spoke to him in Genesis chapter um, 15, and when God spoke in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5 and 6, God took him outside to look at the heaven. That if he can count the stars, then these are how his children will be. Then the Bible says that when Abraham, the Bible says, but Abraham believed. That's what the word of God says. He believed, verse 6. What happened before when God called him? He didn't, they did not believe. It's because he had not caught the revelation. That is why. At this point, he caught it. And because he caught it, everything else about his life became inconsequential. He realized now that he is living for God to proclaim his praise. So some of us are like Abraham that God has called initially, but we have not caught the fire. So that's why we are living the life that we are living the way we are. And until you catch it, you can never be selfless. Until you catch it, you will keep struggling with I. And after Abraham caught it, that is why he was able to sacrifice Isaac. That's when God decided to say, now I'm going to start my work with you. The next uh, several chapters, he, he changed his name to Abraham. From Abraham, changed his name Isaac. Yes, Isaac came. When, I, when God told him to sacrifice, because he believed, he wasn't thinking of his present situation. Can you imagine God saying, sacrifice your only son, that whom thou lovest, and the man could do it? Why? Because he believed. God is, all he's seeing is the numbers of his children. He wasn't just seeing Isaac. Even though God has blessed Isaac as the seed. What he was seeing is beyond Isaac. That is why he could let go. So some of us, we can't let go of what God has blessed us with now because we are not seeing the bigger picture of God. So all we are holding on to is, at least I can associate with this. Let me, this one makes sense to me. I'd rather manage this. And that is why we are where we are. Because we're not proclaiming his praises. That if you understand, he will. That's why we talk of the likes of Moses, 
Moses understood. He thought he was to do it the way he wanted to do it. When God called him, told him what to do, he went. And all what God wanted to do was to show Egypt that there is a God in heaven. And what God wants to use you and I to do is in this land is to show in this land that there is a God in heaven. If only will we catch it and run with it, become selfless. And move away from me. Move away from uh, uh, lack of confidence. Because since you are chosen, we, didn't, we, did, we did not choose him. He did. So why are you fretting? Why are you worried? And one thing, because he had chosen, he said that choosing wasn't just for us alone. He says a chosen generation. So it's a privilege that we are chosen. Because we are chosen, our generation, our lineage is chosen. And, we, and our people, our children are blessed because of that. Remind me of a prophet, you know, a, a prophet many years ago. I was in a course. And the lady was just simply saying, referencing Deuteronomy um, chapter 29 and verse 29. It says, The secret things belong to the Lord, our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children, not now alone, but forever. And a story, it simply means that a story goes as God opened our eyes to be able to see, just as I'm seeing you, God opened our eyes to see angels in our midst. So she walked and see angels, literally. You know, here the Bible says, let two or more are gathered, and then you missed of him. That's the truth. And but when God opened our eyes, he is giving his angels child over us to bear us up in their hands. They are actually angels. It's all that most of us don't see. But when God opened our eyes to see, a grandchild, just really like a toddler, could not see angels too. That we say, I'm seeing, flying, flying, flying. Because it belongs to the generations. So where she stopped, where she's just stopping, is where the grandchildren, generations after her, are starting. Because she became selfless doing the business of God. Remember, I'm staying on the latter part, that to proclaim the praises of him who called you. Him. So, our sense, our thinking must change. Romans 12, 2 says, 12, 2 says, Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If that mindset is not renewed, if it is not transformed, you will still remain in the rabbit hole. And you must get tired. You will become comfortable. You will manage the pain. Because the pain is bearable. But God has taken us beyond that. That's the truth. Because when Abraham understood, caught the revelation, no one ever preached about tithing. Nobody, there wasn't any reference played. He by himself decided to tithe. Because there was, God has put eternity. He just knew what he had to do. You know, what he simply, what I was just saying that he wasn't holding on to what he had. He was thinking beyond himself. Today we talk of the general overseer of this, of this mission. Why? He's proclaiming who? The praise of God. And everybody wants to, I mean, sometimes we get some calls and someone says, oh, there is a problem. Can I speak to the, the Daddy Gio, that's the general overseer of this mission? Ah, but people say, well, there's prayer 
they want to. Doesn't matter. Worldwide. Why? He's proclaiming. Why can't we? As I said, that lady cleaned the toilet, cleaned the bathroom. Today, we are we're still talking about it. Why? Because she's just busy just doing the master business. She's not apologetic at all. That's just the truth. But we must believe. That's why God encouraged Joshua. If you read Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, and 7, 9. God repeated it to him. Joshua, be courageous. What he was telling Joshua was, have faith in me. That if you're not courageous, if you don't have this confidence in me, you can't lead these people. If you don't catch this revelation, if you don't, then this thing I'm promising cannot happen. But just believe. Because that's why it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. I came across a scripture recently that I couldn't just sleep without it. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 14, verse 23. The latter part says, whatever we do, if it is not in faith, it is sin. That every action you take, if it's not in faith, it is sin. So as you come, you come expectant in faith. Maybe that's why things are not really happening because somehow we, like Psalm 103 says, you know, God made his ways known to Moses and his truth is acts to the children of Israel. Some of us just know the act, what God has said, what God has said, what God has promised. I claim it. That is all. That is cloud without waters. You can claim and claim and claim. Nothing will happen. That is the truth. Just like Gideon, God called Gideon. Mighty mind of Balaam. It doesn't matter. Gideon was still arguing that we've heard of all the things you did. I believe those things you did. Ah, me, mighty man of Balaam. Ah, how, how can that be? No, no, God. Ah, yes, I know, I know. I know it's written. Our fathers have taught us. But me, according to me, and he laughed, God, not me. Ah, ah. Ah, okay, God showed him signs. Please, on the floor. All the signs, miracles. He still was still struggling. And it's the same way. Some of us, we heard of signs and miracles. Perhaps we have known people who were actually sick or were in dire situations. And somehow they had to turn around. And we knew or we know that it is God. But like Gideon, even they had seen the sign, he was still in the same place, doubting, wondering. Like Thomas, who stayed with Jesus when it was time, he was still doubting. He said, Until Jesus come and I put my hand in the wound. I won't believe. And Jesus had to show again. And when he showed, he said, yeah, Thomas, come, come, come and do it. Before he believed. And if not, Thomas would have still remained where he was. So whatever you need to do, whatever you, you know where you are. Because God has chosen us for his ease to proclaim his praise. Whatever field that I keep seeing, whatever field, whether in school, they must, see, they must know you because of Christ in you to proclaim him. And that's the truth. In everything we do, there must be a mark that must be left. You must leave your footprint here on this part of eternity that people, your families, generations to come will be talking about you, what you've done to proclaim his praises. So let's bow our heads. It's just the first Thanksgiving service of the I mean, first Sunday of this month. Just a short word to encourage us. That Lord, that I know I'm chosen. That where I'm not, where I'm not, uh, I haven't taken my rightful place. Where I'm not operating in the dimension that you have called me to operate in. 
Father, come and deliver me today in the name of Jesus. That let, help me to take my rightful place. Where I'm struggling with this issue of faith. Lord, come and help my unbeliever because I believe. But Lord, help me to believe you. Encourage me. I don't know what you need to do for me to catch that revelation. But whatever it takes, Father, let me catch that fire in the name of Jesus. Let me catch that understanding. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Whatever it takes, Lord, do for every single one of us. Because with us, we know you, you will take this nation that will begin to do the things that you called us to do. In whatever area of life, as your word says, that whatever our hands find to do, the word says we should do it with all our might. Because as we do these things, we are proclaiming your praises that men sees us. And your word says that we are a holy nation, your special people. Because we are holy, Father, our hands will be clean, our hearts will be pure. That by God's grace, Father, none of us will cut corners in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, because we want to proclaim your praise. We bless you, ancient of days. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray.